1 John 3, 3. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. My being a nonconformist really helped me grow with God. A conformist looks to what other people do and mimics their behavior. They do what they see others do, but we are to do what the Bible says to do. It's about conforming to God, not people. And to have one mind together the way the Bible teaches it is to have a group of people growing differently, because each of us are different. We have different personalities, family systems, hobbies, and interests. If we are authentic and real, which is the goal, we won't look alike, talk alike, or act the same. To me, that's just not sincere, genuine, and true. When I began to grow my mind, heart, and soul with God's ways, I was guided into a process of cleaning and correcting my soul or life with God. I needed to confess my wrongs and make them right. I needed to admit my resentments and fear and pray to have them removed. I needed to cease participation in fault-finding and useless arguments. Fighting needed to be stopped. Pride needed to be crushed and humility embraced. I needed to practice love and tolerance with others. All this was summed up to me as to clean house, trust God, and work with others. This process is a gradual progression if we increasingly walk in that direction. If we don't, we won't progress. We can progress in what we practice. Plain and simple, as we recognize our inward resentments, fear, self-centeredness, pride, and dishonesty, we can humbly and sincerely ask God to help us let them go. We inwardly can cling more to serving God and little by little release our continued practice of sin. We ought to practice this each day to grow our inward being with God's righteousness. You can write these instructions down and practice them. You can, but it's a choice that may go against your habits, customs, and desires. If we are to grow toward one mind with God, we each need to make continued adjustments out of our norm and into God's righteousness. Anyone who has gone through the 12 steps and has had a spiritual experience can probably relate to this process. Those who have done it can understand a little more about spiritual development than those who have not. When God's directions do not make sense with my life or understanding, I'm the one that needs to change. Usually, when I'm stressed, worried, or angry, I'm the one that needs inward correction with my faith in order to grow in peace and love. Even if the whole world changed, until my thinking moves more in line with God's grace, I can't really participate much in it. Let's read 1 John 1, line by line, and take it in, as deep into our understanding as we can. Let it reshape our beliefs and possibly correct our faith. Verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. We can hear, see, and handle the word of life. We can experience it. We can demonstrate it. We can pick it up, practice it, and display it for others to witness. Verse 2. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full.
Now think about the word manifest. Biblehub.com defines manifest as apparent, clear, visible. The word of life or eternal life was manifested to apostles. Apostles then declared it to others. Notice in verse 3 the statement that you also may have fellowship with us. This fellowship they were offering has everything to do with living by spiritual principles and obeying God's righteousness. To have fellowship with God and Jesus is to walk more and more in obedience with the Holy Spirit to where we can better manifest the word of life. This means we are to increasingly be different, godly different. Verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Remember the opening of this chapter is emphasizing that we may have fellowship. But the word may is not certainty. We need to make some choices. Verse 5 is informing or reminding that God is not about darkness. And to have fellowship with God, we will need to walk increasingly into the light. This means we are going to need to look at ourselves for darkness and begin making inward corrections into the light. Sometimes we will carry within our minds both the option to follow light and the option to follow darkness. Since we all sin, we will choose darkness from time to time. Yet we will develop within us progressively which one we choose to obey the most. If we pursue light more than darkness, we will progress and develop more in God's righteousness. We will sacrifice parts of our sinful selves to be shaped differently with God. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. So these verses 6 and 7, here again, as I've mentioned in other podcast episodes, is a conditional word, if. It says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light. I don't believe we need to walk exactly like God or Jesus, but we must walk in a way that is shaping us more into God's righteousness. Listen to the Spiritual Growth Formula series to better understand this point. Jesus struggled as he sought to serve God with everything. Read John 15. We can grow like this. We can see where we have darkness or sin and begin making corrections. I believe walking in the light, in fellowship with God or Jesus, is to turn our lives over to grow in that process and act accordingly. In verse 8 it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This verse is similar to verse 6 and is emphasizing a very important point. Self-deception exists and may be the leading inward activity in each of us which stunts or even blocks progress with God's righteousness. We must evaluate ourselves long enough to expose our own self-deceptive ways. The fact of the matter is that we all believe inward lies which guide us into doing things we know or think we shouldn't do. Let's read verse 6 and 8 together one more time. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. These verses may be a good evaluation tool. We can evaluate ourselves like this. Do we say we have fellowship with God and Jesus? If so, are we walking in darkness with little or no progression in righteousness? Do we walk increasingly in the light as Jesus did? 
is God's righteous ways within our minds each day in a way where we are living by them more and more. In verse 9, if we confess our sins, and notice that word if again, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Notice verse 10 is repeating again the message in 6 and 8. The process of correction I have learned, practiced, experienced, and read in the Bible is to confess sin and then begin making inward corrections. I am perfectly walked toward perfection with my thoughts, choices, attitudes, and actions. I grow understanding about my darkness through seeking it out and then take corrective steps into the light. The following is a simple process. One, we agree we have sin. Two, we acknowledge and identify our sin. Three, we confess our sin with willingness to stop it in our minds. Four, we obey God each day within our minds. Five, we walk in more righteousness in our thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions. Romans 12:16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. These are good instructions to write down and place in your car, on your mirror, at home. If we're going to have the same mind, we need to think similar things. Similar things God instructs us to do. So like this message, be of the same mind to one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. We each can do this differently. We each can be honest differently. We each can forgive differently. We can have mercy differently. We can do these acts differently. We can think about them differently. We're different people. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. It says the God of love and peace will be with us. If we are of good comfort and be of one mind and live in peace. Philippians 2.2 Fulfill my joy of being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Being of one accord is being increasingly more like Jesus, as Jesus taught us to live. 1 Peter 3.8 Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Love is a central ingredient to God's instructions. Loving God is to have fellowship with God. Ending idolatry is to have God become our inward authority. Fellowship is defined at BibleHub.com as the state or relation of being or associate on equal and friendly terms, partnership, or joint interest. To have fellowship with God and Jesus, to have joint interests. The thoughts within us can be nudged to grow, to learn, and understand why God's righteousness is beneficial. We can learn this if we make it a priority to learn it. We will need to discover within ourselves more about our own thinking. Let's now take a good look at our own fellowship. What are we seeking for fellowship? Where do we like to go? What do we like to do? Who do we like to spend time with? What kind of character is promoted? In such places. 
Is there sincere truth and love like Jesus promoted? Can we say or do something to promote more of God's righteousness? Fellowship with God is to fellowship with God's character more and more. Wherever we go and whatever we do, we are to see how we can live more by God's ways there. I was a volunteer in youth groups for over a decade at three different churches. One of the most profound teachings I experienced was a drama skit. A teenager was going out with friends to a party. Another teen played the role of Jesus and wanted to go along to the party. But the teen did not want Jesus to go with him. The teen told Jesus to stay behind. Jesus persisted and said, I want to go with you. Please let me go. But the teen insisted Jesus not to go. Don't we all get in these situations when we put away the being nice or doing right for some other behavior? I've been in 12-step meetings where I've heard others say, I just need a break from all this. They say this because a lot of times it can feel like work. It can be a struggle, but it's not the doing good that makes it a struggle. It's the desiring ungodly activities or evil and not having them that makes it a struggle. If we give up everything to God, we will give up our desires for such things too. I want to get back to the story of Jesus wanting to go with the teen. In the skit, Jesus kept insisting on going and the teen insisted Jesus stay behind. The skip finished with the teen nailing Jesus to the wall with arms out and then leaving Jesus and attending the party. You see, in reality, we choose what principles and character we will associate within our thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 5.11 and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. To choose to associate more with God involves disassociating with ungodliness behavior. We can do this imperfectly and gradually over time. We can expose our unfruitful works of darkness and pray for strength to cease our participation with them. For more on this, read Matthew 10.32-42. Philippians 2, 1-4 Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. Let's pause a quick second here. Notice the heavy repeated use of the word any. I'll read it again. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, this seems to be saying that if we are Christian or professing to be Christian in any way, then we are going to do the following, which is fulfill my joy of being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Notice the line, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is a form of self-seeking and self-thinking. Our thoughts are to grow in helping others with God's righteousness, not self-righteousness. We are to love as Jesus loved. Speak the truth as Jesus spoke it. Be sincere like Jesus demonstrated. 
We are to grow in fellowship with God. We are to follow God as Jesus followed God. Verse 3, But in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. As we look out for others' interests the way Jesus did it, we will do it more as Jesus did it. We can do this in a way that shows we are seeking to fellowship with God's righteousness. We may even experience disassociating ourselves from friends who want to fellowship more with darkness. We can humbly encourage and bless others with truth, love, mercy, and peace. We can become more sincere, genuine, affectionate, kind, gentle, bold, and faithful. We can if we apply ourselves to learn and practice it more. Of course, this is a process we can grow in gradually. These are skill sets we can develop. As we practice them more and more, we can become more and more familiar with them, which can also improve our confidence. When I first began my transformation, I was instructed to join a group and get a service commitment. I became a coffee maker. I had to show up 45 minutes early to prepare the coffee. I had to stay after to clean the five-gallon pot. My service, service for God and to others, was needed for my spiritual growth. If I refused to give myself over to serve and help others, I would have deprived myself of the necessary spiritual experiences there to help me transform. I needed to serve to grow with God. Jesus was very clear about this serving process. As I do this, I can have fellowship with God and with people. Luke twenty-two twenty-seven. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. Fellowship with God will involve fellowship and serving each other. When I began my journey, I was a broken man. I had been betrayed, robbed, and beaten. I trusted no one. Then I was told I needed to love people. I couldn't do that. My mind was convinced to do the contrary. My faith and beliefs were set to protect myself from others. I began helping and serving people, but with skepticism and distrust. Although I did not have love, I was progressing toward it with a willingness to learn. I humbled myself to begin the journey. I began experiencing people being sincerely honest about themselves with their struggles and spiritual solutions. I listened to stories that sounded genuine about transformation. I got to witness myself change and others around me change. The evidence was overwhelming that there was something better. This character of serving others by God's righteousness is a powerful ingredient for transformation. We must humble ourselves to help others grow with God. Yet it must never be about us nor other people. It must always be about God. We are to feed each other God's spiritual goodness, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22-23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. We can grow this fruit, God's nurturing righteousness, just as Jesus describes in John 15. We choose what we will abide in, and we are commanded by Jesus to abide in God's love. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another 
as I have loved you. We need people teaching and demonstrating this process. I wish I could say watch me and do what I do, but I am far from this kind of love. I am growing toward God's perfect love, but I am not there. I am not that goal. Yet the progress I have made can be helpful to others. We each have to accept the journey and walk in it on our own. We each will have our own reshaping to experience. Fellowship with God is always the goal. Each day it will be best to set our eyes upon how we can see God's righteousness in our thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions. How can we grow spiritually good fruit? Are we seeking fellowship with God's righteousness? Let's do it today. Let's humbly and sincerely be with God's spiritual good grace. Thank you for listening and God bless. Mm-hmm.